0: Hello, hello, hello! Welcome to the Million Dollar Exits podcast. I'm KP, your host, and I have with me Alexander Izora, joining um, all the way from Georgia. Hey, Alex! Um, <laughs> Georgia, the country, not the state, which is which is ironic and funny because I'm in Georgia, the state, and we were just talking about that at the beginning. Uh,
1: welcome to the show, Alex. Thank you for having me, KP.
0: I want to kick us off with the intro of you know. Unicorn Platform and how you got to that idea and and sort of your reflection on, you know, how it came about. I mean, there's um, a couple other questions around uh, the exit and the journey and the lessons you've had, but I want to get to the origin story first. You know, how did you build um, Unicorn Platform? How did that idea come about? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, making another landing page builder
1: uh, sounds like a crazy idea. <laughs> Because there are thousands of them, thousands of tools. I've tried all of them. Like (laughs) I have a list. At some point, I just uh, got too bored for trying each tool, because uh, you know you try one and two new appears the day after. (laughs) Right. Um, But I still decided to make my own. Why? Back then, in uh, 2016, me and my friend wanted to do something cool on the internet. We we had jobs. But we wanted to create a product. We didn't know what to do. And we built uh, an HTML template. Like you make a good uh, template and s- uh, sell it to many clients. That's a uh, completely different uh, from what we were doing back then. We were doing services, right. selling our hours. Now we are selling a product. And that was quite cool. Um, we made another theme and another. And the business like started. And... Everything was going going smoothly, but at some point we decided that we want to build a website builder. We had a lot of ideas, uh, but the problem is that our vision was very different from each other. Mm -hmm. My and my partners, we were thinking about completely different products. Mm. I was thinking about a strict landing page builder when you don't have a lot of choices, when you are limited. But the result is always great. Mm. But my partner wanted uh, to do a different tool. He wanted to provide an unlimited possibilities, super flexible, mm. super customizable. He is an artist right. himself. He, <laughs> he pa- paints with oil and he wanted to make a tool for artists. Mm. I wanted to make a tool for busy founders who are not familiar with UI, with design, mm. who don't have much time. We just want to throw a few companies and go. That was my vision. And... Uh, We started to argue a lot, (laughs) we had a few conflicts, and uh, then I decided to quit and uh, build my landing page builder because I really liked that idea. Then you talk a a lot about your idea, about your vision, when you think about it, when you sleep with that, when you have uh, a list of notes, many of them actually, when you have sketches, when you have uh, impressions, and you just can not not. Do that. Good. You know, you're poisoned. <laughs> right. and, uh, my idea wasn't like unique, wasn't genius. I wanted to make a landing page builder, which is simple and cool. Like, make it radically simple, make it, make it radically easy to make cool things, make it radically hard to break something. And uh, yeah, that idea. Uh, and that was, and
0: I um, think. I read, uh, read in one of your blog posts um, that that was the period in your career where you were almost considering going back to a 95 day job or a desk job. Um, yeah. and instead, you bought um, a $20 domain on Namecheap.com, which happened to be Unicorn Platform, which is the thing that changed your life now, right? Uh, tell us about the, what do you remember from the night or from the day of when you bought the domain? What was going on in your mind? There uh, there were two options. First, you go and have a good job,
1: well paid. Actually, when I was a freelancer, I was paid like $60 per hour. That was a lot of money. I I just didn't know how to spend it. I bought, (laughs) I was buying cool food and I didn't know what to spend. And uh, (laughs) yeah, another option is to get this. uh, A lot of uh, uncertainty, a lot of mystery. A lot of doubts, fears, but uh, a small chance to realize your dream, <laughs> to get free from the poison <laughs> you, yeah. you were poisoned a few a few years ago. So we decided to try because uh, you know we are getting older, and uh, at some point I, I I will not be so free and open-minded. Uh, I thought, yeah, let's do that, now or never. So um, I had like a few thousand dollars in my pocket for a few months of rent. And what was the exact time um, I had to make something to not become, uh,
0: you know, homeless and uh, starving. <laughs> so in, in in the first few months of that journey, the zero to one phase of Unicorn platform, it mm-hmm. seems like to me that you already had the vision of building a radically, truly simple page builder. Mm-hmm. What was that process like? you know, in the zero to one phase, like, what was the journey like? And when did you get the first customer? The very first customers, they came from my
1: closest circle, from my friends and ex-clients. Those people are most loyal to you because they know you personally. You had conversations with them. You had even some works with them. Yeah, so we know how how, we, how you're creative, how you're responsible, how you're rel- reliable. Mm-hmm. And if you make a product that we may want, may be interested in, they will buy it immediately. They don't need right. to be sold. you right. uh, s- Send them a link and you, you, you get them. So if you're a, a reliable person and you have some friends, oh, work in that niche you have your first customers that was that easy like first five customers uh, it was overnight and was it fast from the beginning or was it more of a a lifetime deal and the first phase was lifetime deal mm. i sold 50 license keys for 180 dollars each nice. so in total i earned like 10 grand, ten
0: thousand dollars nice uh it could Pretty be solid much...
1: validation, right? Pretty solid validation. Yeah. yeah, it was a validation of the idea. Uh, I said, hey, guys, I want to make a radically simple landing page builder. I have this background and I have this small product as an MVP. I made a few HTML templates. And they say said, yes, that sounds cool. Do that. And uh, actually, I could earn much more because I was overwhelmed by emails and ask of people asking me to sell them another license. But uh, I limited myself to 50 only because I didn't need that much money that Mm. like, I I didn't know how to spend if I, uh, for example, would get 100,000, I didn't know how to spend that. So I decided to limit myself because huge money is huge responsibility and I didn't want to take it.
0: At what point did you switch from the, the lifetime deal you know, as a business model to us uh, monthly recurring like SaaS. Uh,
1: I needed the lifetime deal round for two reasons. the first one is to validate my idea and get encouraged because we are humans we are not yeah art- robots not artificial intelligence says yet <laughs> I still need it, so I needed some motivation when people give you money you i you feel uh, needed you feel like your, yeah your tool is uh Worth something? I actually had right. American money here, um, right, and that's, that means a lot. They trust you. You go uh, very far when when people trust you. The second one, I
0: needed money to live. As I said, uh, my my pockets were empty, and I just <laughs> Where were to you at that time? To... Were you in Georgia? Were you in? A... Do you remember What's where that's... you were when you launched uh, Unicom Platform?
1: Yeah, I remember that clearly. I was living in Russia in Saint Petersburg. That's oh. that day. Yeah. right. Yeah, the re- re- the rent- they're not not so pricey, like seven thousand seven thousand dollars per month, but it's uh,
0: still money. Yeah. So you you ran the lifetime deals um, phase for these two reasons, um, and then at some point did the um, customers or did the you know indie hackers around you, founders around you say, it's time to switch to the MRR model.
1: That is the the main idea from the beginning to create a SaaS, because mm. then you create a product. For example, for for one-time sales, such as WordPress theme or HTML theme, you have to keep the momentum, work on this momentum every day. You have to make sales every day. Once you stop, your business is go, goes down. Yeah? Right. Unlike SaaS. And, uh, SaaS has not uh, one uh, or two legs if you're the two founders, not 10 legs if you have 10 team members, uh, SAS has hundreds and thousands of legs. Like it's very mm. stable yeah. because you have a lot of customers, even if right. one, two or a half of them fails off, you still are very stable. You can mm. get them back. That's uh, what was my initial idea. I wanted to make SAS because it gives you reliability, uh, reliability, reliability and this reliability, uh, gives you some uh, patience in the next day, so you can focus not only on sales on making money today, but you can focus on a long term vision on your strategy. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is why I love this SaAS idea mm-hmm. and uh, so I, I I knew I will switch to SaAS. It was obvious to me it was my goal. So once I had some money and the first product which I made in a year, I switched to SaAS immediately
0: and uh do you remember growing from 0 to 1000 dollars mrr and what were some key lessons or observations you had in that first 1k mrr because i think a lot of founders i feel like that is a very profound milestone you know and then there's the 10k but yeah. like the 0 to 1k i think is a very profound one as well
1: yeah i guess 0 to 1k is more <laughs> bigger step required to make yeah. the first 1000 Um, But anyway, first uh, first $10,000 per month, all the same worked for me because of only one decision I made. And surprisingly to me, no one talks about that. It was really obvious to me. You know, it's funny. Sometimes something is obvious to you, but no one talks about it. No one thinks about it. And I'm happily sharing it right now. You want more clients. But uh, the solution is not to find more clients but make your existing clients as happy as possible, because first we will bring their friends and second, Mm. your product will improve, right? Mm. Uh, So not just means, Hey, look, uh, I want to improve my SaaS. I want to make them happy. I will build more powerful tool and make some more features and they will be happy. That could work, but many of us don't want features. Yeah, we are humans, not (laughs) robots. We want emotions, we want empathy. And Mm. uh, it's hard to give empathy for a product, you need to give some personal touch, some attention, some extra care. If someone asks you for a feature, it's a great, great opportunity to build an emotional connection. You mm. can create this feature. You can ask for more questions. You can thank them publicly. You can alert even a small alert, a per personal email, when you finished that request. Hey, mm. uh, John, um, you asked a few weeks ago to add this button. I did that. This is the result. Thank you for your suggestion. You, your your idea, so much welcome. It wow. gives them so much points of loyalty. It really dr- drives them crazy. Uh, imagine we, we live in a world uh, where everyone wants to earn money on everyone around no one cares about humans all uh, you see around is leads conversions followers yeah. fans and th- then a founder of a tool you kind of like uh, sends you an email hey thank you for your idea and it actually he actually says that you're smart and you are so much uh, valuable person in his life and you feel yourself so much uh, valuable, and yeah. it links you to the product. Uh, yeah, and uh, people start to be- become your fans. Like we have people who like our posts, who talk about Unicorn Platform on Twitter for years. Like wow, uh, you open notifications and you see that guy again tweeted about us. I I offered them merch, t-shirts, socks, uh, coupons, everything I could. And there are a lot of such such guys. And there are gems like a few fans, but there are hundreds more who are not so active on social networks, but they recommend unicorn platform to their friends and circle. Mm. And so if you have one customer, make him or her as happy as possible by providing the best service you can, it will bring you more clients and uh, your product and support and overall service is great. Those new clients will also be super happy and they also bring much more. So you don't Mm. need to go to tweet, to Twitter and uh, get those clicks and conversions by ads. You can just focus on the internal source of power. In my case, it brought tremendous results. Like I spent on ads like zero. I tried a few to spend a few hundreds on ads, It just brought a few views. I don't know how it works. So I don't believe in ads. (laughs)
0: So, so fast forward from that moment to all the way towards the exit. so this is, how long did it take for you to go from this moment when you had the first, you know, uh, idea towards the exit, you know, and then I'm curious at the exit, what was your traction like in terms of any public stats that you can share?
1: I started the project in 2018 and it took four years to get to this point and mm-hmm. the point is it's 15k mrr and i sold the product like a year ago
0: wow that's awesome congratulations on on a, on a great run oh. and i also saw that your post about the way the exit happened and some of your tips and some of your reflections on that mm-hmm. um, it seemed to be that you didn't really you weren't really planning to exit as much but there were a lot of inbound that was coming in which I think is is the common case for a lot of SaaS product founders who have anything over 10K MRR. So for you, what was that experience like? Uh, and why did you choose the acquirer that you eventually chose over maybe other people? What what resonated um, in that journey? Mm-hmm. I knew
1: at some point I will have to sell the product, like maybe in two years, maybe in 10 years, I don't know. But at some point I will say goodbye it's most mostly because uh, i have adhd and uh, people with <laughs> such condition they can't focus on something for long one thing yeah yeah and we switch professions really quick i wanted to become a perfumer a dj it's hard to work on one thing so i knew i will say goodbye at some point so i started to get prepared from day one actually that was uh, oh wow
0: from yeah you knew uh, it from day one that you wanted to yeah
1: one. Yes, yes. If you want to make a product, a great product, get it prepared for an acquisition from day one, because it means you, your, processes will be clear and effective because no one will buy a service with bad processes. Yeah, Your goal and strategy will be clear because no one buy a product with bad strategy and vision. And etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. If you imagine yourself as a potential buyer of your own SaaS and start reviewing it as a potential buyer, you will see that at, uh, at some points you're not ready for get acquired. And that means you are bad at these points. You should work on them. So yeah, right. that was a planned acquisition. Um, I didn't know the exact time, but I knew it will happen. Why it happened at this point? Because the buyer. Marsax and John Rush, uh, the founder of Marsax, also a, a perfect match. I didn't want mm. to sell just to a stranger with a pile uh, a pile of dollars. Right. Uh, this is what happens to Biometrics uh, and Josh Pigford. I've heard of, yeah. 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 You heard that the new owner of Biometrics they doubled the MRR.
0: Yes. I feel like a, PR, yeah. a, a PE firm acquired them or something, and then they were they were like ruthless in terms of like raising the prices and they were not so community centric. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it was a, I remember some of the like fans coming out and like not being happy about it.
1: Yeah. And, uh, I really didn't want that to happen to me. Maybe you also mm. heard of Lawn Chaco, Plenty Page Builder. Yeah. They also sold their service to <laughs> with different vision and different yeah. way of thinking about people. Right. I didn't want yeah. that to happen that would hurt me a lot so i was looking for an offer from a person which i would like who whose vision will align me perfectly john has the same vision the same philosophy the same way of thinking as i do but i am thinking uh, in a much narrow way much more na- narrow way i'm thinking about landing pages and blogs <laughs> and he's thinking about the whole world he wants the whole world the society <laughs> Be more simple. And he wants to start with making applications and uh, SaaS and web apps made simple, but then expanded the world. We like thinking the same way. We became friends from like day one and understood each other perfectly.
0: I'm curious. So what does Mars X do? Like, can you share a little bit more on what, you know, what he does and what Mars X does? Mars X
1: is a ID, like a program to create programs that was designed to be used with AI. And the fun fact wow. is, is that Mars X was created in 2018, four years ago, unlike most... Before GPT-powered the tool, hype. Yes, before the hype, because uh, John was aware of the GPT thing. He was actually using it in production since version two, GPT-2. And uh, when he realized that he built Mars X. And uh, he thought that GPT will become uh, as intelligent as it is now in like 20 fir- yeah. thirty, maybe 2040. But it happened like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and now he has a line of investors asking him to take their money. <laughs> <But he refuses. laughs> Yeah, so it's a, a tool for making SaaS and web apps with AI. The powerful thing it it's not intelligent, it's not smart, it's not genius. It has uh, only one core idea which uh, like makes it so powerful. And uh, mm. he made a so-called ecosystem of micro apps. So in normal software you have an app and it like contains a lot of files. They could be long or very long. You can uh, have a file of 20,000 lines and uh, GPT cannot eat that big file because you have right. a token limitations, right? Right. Uh, so, But if your application is made of small apps, so-called micro apps, you can uh, have a model for each micro app and then an orchestrational model, which controls all the mo- small models. And therefore, mm. GPT can control your whole application. And in Mars X you can write something, hey, add comments to my blog, for example. Yeah? Wow. And it creates comments. And it knows everything about everything. So right. about your application and about all applications in the world because GPT is so powerful.
0: So that's the thing we are making right now. I, I feel like uh, I should invite uh john on the podcast too and kind of learn more about mars X and kind of share to the world and to to my audience so that was the but I mean that was the exit this is a 2022 and did you decide to stay after the exit with the you know with, with the company and uh what was the plan that was agreed upon when you when you know, uh, did the exit there was the perfect agreement i could ever
1: imagine uh john said we will take all the routine from you <laughs> like c- caring of the servers, infrastructure, updates, that kind of stuff. And we will uh, allow you to do what you do the best. Strategy, vision, communicating with customers, that kind of things. Right now, I'm working as a CEO, but without bore- boring the boring part, <laughs> only fun
0: part. <laughs> That's cool. That's very cool. H- have you been enjoying it since 2022, since the acquisition?
1: Um, it was harder to begin. Um, because I wanted the people who to take my work, I wanted to do them better than me—not just as the same level, but twice better—and uh, I had to teach them a lot. And yeah, mm. and at the, at the same time, do my job, do do the work. <laughs> so it was hard. Right. But now it's much better.
0: That's good. That's good. Um, okay, so I have a couple standard questions that I ask, you know, um, guests. One of them is, what are three specific tips for someone who's on their idea to exit journey from your experience.
1: The first tip I already told is to imagine yourself a potential buyer and Mm. examine your tool. Uh, The second tip and what made actually that uh, exit possible is being being transparent and open. Mm. Right? When you share Uh, Transparency reports, open startup reports, when you write Mm. blogs about your vision, about your strategy, about your product thinking, about your understanding of the market, you communicate with a lot of potential buyers, Mm. right? You send signals to them that you are reliable, that you understand the market, you understand the client, and you can be a potential person to work with. You can become a potential partner. So translate your vision, translate what you think about what you're doing. Don't be in yourself. Try to be open. It's hard, but (laughs) it brings results. If you're not Elon Musk with a lot of connections, you have to be proactive to find ones. Mm. That's the second tip, write what you think, write what you do. The last tip for people who want to do an exit. I have one tip. Uh, it's working on quality, paying attention more to quality than to quantity.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: because if you are such a patient founder like myself, who cares about right. every customer, your customer will cost more than a customer of a founder who just spends dollars on Facebook ads and gets so-called leads, which convert to mm. so-called sign-up. He might not even know their clients, their audience, they're just numbers. Mm. Yes. You can sell numbers, you can sell tables, databases, your clients. If you have trust and reputation that costs much more like two, three, you can ask two, three, four times more than the market price.
0: Yeah. That's beautiful. Are there any myths or misconceptions about acquisitions and exits that you believe were debunked from your experience? Like for you, like the Alex going into this acquisition journey three years ago, four years ago, what were some big myths that didn't turn out, that didn't really pan out, didn't really happen, you know, in reality?
1: Yes, I have one. I always thought that an acquisition is something really bureaucratic, something really Mm. hard to manage from the perspective of execution. Like you will have to pass some due diligence you will have to sign a lot of contracts, you will have to create documentation of everything. Um, Like I thought this boring part, these preparations will take maybe a year or even more years. years. Yeah. And as a person with ADHD, that really scared me like (laughs) it could be a real blocker. Like if someone could say, Hey, I want to buy your tool, here's $2 million, you have to fill in this form with 10,000 fields, <laughs> I, I, would, I
0: would just decline because it's just impossible to do that. And
1: maybe it's possible today with GPT, but
0: uh, I'm like that uh, too. Uh, <laughs> I'm laughing because uh, I'm like that too. I hate paperwork. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: um, <laughs> I never imagined that I can find a, a person who I, I agreed on a price with John like 15 times, 15 minutes before my taxi to airport. <laughs> I was place and we we were talking about the future, the technology, the uh, importance of AI, society, philosophy, all kinds of stuff, except the paperwork, <laughs> because we hated both. We both hated, and we even we weren't negotiating on the price. I, uh, like we, I really watched on my face and uh, on my watches and said, "Hey, I have twenty minutes. We, we must decide on, on the price because." Yeah, I came for that. And we decided like in a few seconds, I said, 800,000. He said, okay.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. I think speaks to both of your integrity and sort of the kind of people that you both are, you know, I think when it's a long-term partnership and when you really, I think, understand each other, if you feel like no one is trying to, you know, be sneaky. It's okay. just being transparent and plain and reasonable, right? I think a lot of humans are like that. We like to your point. The reason I even brought up the myth is I've been surprised the last few years where uh, in business, you know, if you're just direct and upfront and honest, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who resonate with that. They're not gonna, you know, this like it's it's not like a bazaar. Like I grew up in India, it's not like a little fish market where people are trying to like, negotiate the five five to ten rupees, you know. Um, <laughs> for for stuff as long as you're being open and honest and you're like you said the writing the philosophy the the tweets your thoughts all of this if it's already out there people can read through them and they understand what kind of person you are you know yeah. so
1: yeah and similar um, persons you
0: know, yeah to you. there's a sense of respect yeah for each other okay that was that was that was awesome uh, now that you are a you know successful founder uh and now that you're like you've had a successful exit which is something a lot of indie hackers, a lot of founders, you know, um, dream about. Looking back, what were some interesting lessons and some um, reflections that you had in in your journey? Because I also want to cover, you know, uh, parts of your career where um, Mm -hmm. you had some failure, or you had some failed attempts at something else. And what would you go and tell that person, right? Like that, Alex?
1: Yes, sure. I have one advice, which I just love. I always take to tell it to every. I hate giving advices, but this one I give to everyone because I believe it's super applicable, super useful. I just love it. The advice is not to
0: listen to any advice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had me there. That was a good hook. I was, I was you. <laughs> I fell in the. I was like looking for. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Um, I spent so one.
1: so many months and <laughs> so many hours talking to so-called experts, coaches, uh, business trainers, that all kind of <laughs> quotes. Um, I was so confused when I was reading books, even the most recognized, uh, the most respectable books like Zero to One, like a- a- any a kind pill. of book. I- Those have some good points, right? But um, they create such a mess in your head, so (laughs) much information that uh, those little uh, opportunities, which are actually yours, which are actually innovations, they just disappear. You can't catch them anymore. So I I would prefer just meditate (laughs) than going to all those uh, conferences, talking to guys with birds.
0: Uh I, I'm just still recovering from the trap that you put me in. So, but no, anyway, I think I agree. again, like you know, uh, every situation is unique, and things will unfold in their own unique way. So I, what I've learned, Alex, is it's good to have a few high trust, honest, and direct friends who will tell you the truth about what they feel, but ultimately it's your call. You know, you get to decide what you should do and follow your gut, you know, and your gut knows more than you give the, credit for. In my view. Yeah.
1: That's, that sounds stupid. Like an advice from a Disney character, Found, f- follow your heart, you know, that, that kind of stuff, but that actually works. It's hard to do. Yeah. It's, it's so scary. It is hard. Because the mystery, mystery scares everyone. No one likes uncertainty. Everyone yeah. wants answers. Yeah. But there's just no answers. People who give yeah. answers, they just won't earn money from you. That's-
0: yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's- okay, so there's another interesting aspect of your story that I want to ask from the beginning, but now I'm going to get to that, which is you entered a market that is filled with alternatives. You know, it is one of the busiest, crowdest, most populous market. Uh, markets in a way, you know, if you, think of, if you think about SaaS companies and SaaS markets, which is mm-hmm. um, web page builders, you know, it's I think it's like almost like to do apps, right? A few others that are like very, very, very job boards. I think also very busy, crowded. Yeah. How did you handle the competition around you? Number one and number two, were there other people after your initial success who cloned you or copied you? And how did you handle the copycats? So two questions. Number one, competition. How did you handle everybody? Number two, copycats.
1: The first question, uh, I was following my vision. I made a radically simple tool. No (laughs) one had that before. I did it. And uh, taking care of my customers as much as possible, making them as happy as possible. That gives results. Because... uh, all the competitors like Wix, Squarespace, WordPress, they will know, never care about their customers. We have staff, they have managers, managers of managers, <laughs> all kinds of managers, and no one cares about anyone. Um, they could answer you, but uh, you will never feel, feel that care, that extra the human touch. Yeah. Yeah. The human touch. It's so rare. Just open your tweet, make an experiment, open your Twitter feed. Uh, who you see there, sellers. Uh, marketers, influencers, brands, managers, do, do you see any humans there? <laughs> yeah. Um, so try to be human. It attracts people because people like people. That's a simple formula. Right? So that's the competition part. Then copycats. I didn't have problems with copycats and I don't think it's a problem for anyone it's, a, it's cool. Then you're copied. It means you make <laughs> a good product, right? So uh, if you are scared of being copycat, uh, don't be scared because in the new era of software engineering, then GPT is here. Everyone will be copycatting. everyone. It will be so easy, so simple. Your mother will create your your (laughs) own CRM. Your, Your sister will make a website builder because it will be so easy
0: and so simple. Don't do I can't it. wait. I can't wait um, to log into uh, <laughs> HubSpot, HubSpot.com built by my own mom. You know what's, what's interesting? What's been unique about just generally your persona and like the your attitude towards some of these very profound and uh, tricky subjects topics that we've been touching on. I've had other guests in my previous interviews the same questions. Mm-hmm. There is a level of um calmness and the level of self-secureness that you have alex which is amazing you know Mm. um Mm. i have to wonder Must have come from a lot of soul searching a lot of meditation a lot of being i don't know in touch with your with who you are deep down Mm. is that true was that a fair guess or you don't meditate at all or you don't care about you know those those kind of things
1: yeah i work on myself a lot like i like exploring it includes meditation i also work with professionals in psych uh, psychology
0: i also have
1: autism so it's easy for me to make new neural connections
0: but yeah i mean the the copycats question i think uh, a lot of people get thrown off by that Um, a lot of founders that even Mm -hmm. i know like especially with the building in public transparency movement that i'm part of i know you're part of it There's a big pushback because people think, oh no, if I build in public, there's somebody gonna clone me, clone my idea, Mm -hmm. clone my app. And you know, and I'm like I'm like you, I'm in the same camp. I'm like, good. If somebody clones you, that means you've done something good. Otherwise they're not gonna Mm -hmm. copy. But also it's like you can't control, it's a free market, free world. You know, like Snapchat's been cloning Instagram reels, and like Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's like it's been going on for decades. You're not gonna stop it. And you want to see you want the scenario where you are being cloned because that means you're successful or you're going on the right trajectory as opposed to nobody wants to clone you and like nobody even wants to attempt to uh do copycats of you right so yeah um,
1: if if even if we clone your product like one to one one feature, copy, yeah. feature to feature one to one they yeah yeah They they can't clone you. You have your your vision of the market, of clients. You have some marketing channels in your mind. I hope you're not only about building and coding. You also know how to sell. It's more important nowadays. Uh, And the
0: the drive to keep your customers happy, right? Some of the things that you touched on, right? So many of those skills are soft skills. It's not about writing code, not about writing syntax. Because now with GPT, GPT, it will take care of all of those things. But it can't make you more authentic, more vulnerable.
1: I think the rise of GPT, uh, some lost forgotten skills and, uh, you know, knowledge, such as sociology, philosophy, those kind of things will become more Um, More valuable yeah and maybe you can switch your focus to that so you will be always one step ahead of
0: your customers competitors yeah yeah no i agree i think i think you're right especially with the content that's something i try to do is um because it's so easy to create perfect content now right like all the images are like too perfect all the video is too perfect you know i try to be as authentic and as human-like that i can be you know and ask the questions that i could ask based on my curiosity as opposed to uh right like what gpt three would ask in a in a podcast format not just video but i'm saying tweets or whatever you know um i think the future is about authenticity yeah. yes
1: you're so so right uh, yes so authenticity will be the new gold for indie makers yeah it'll be the new gold it is, it is gold
0: it is it's always been gold but I feel like it was on the background and nobody really valued it as much. Yeah um but in a world that's increasingly, like, for example, on my Twitter, like you, there's, there's so many threads that I'm like, it takes four seconds to create a thread on 15 platforms that I have right now. Typefully can do a thread. Like, you just copy-paste any article from my blog post, it'll create a thread better than me. Mm-hmm. Frankly, better than me. So I'm like, okay, the, my, the answer that my people are, I mean, the audience are not looking for more threads that are like mm-hmm. cookie cutter. What they're looking for is a screenshot of me or a, a screenshot of my email this morning i posted an email an apology email that i wrote the four or five early customers that i had for one of my SaaS ideas two months ago i had a SaaS idea um, i had some early customers but it didn't pan out you know it didn't work out the way i wanted it to be so i sunset the project but the email was about me saying sorry that i couldn't live up to this but here's my reasoning and I appreciate your trust on me in the fact that you took a shot as early customers, and I took a screen. I I could have written a thread on this mm-hmm. with like some grand meta lesson. There's nothing there. Instead, I just posted the raw image of my sent email in the sent box, and it didn't go viral. But there were so many DMs that I got from people saying, "Awesome, thanks for posting this." Mm-hmm. You know, like sharing the fact that it was. And I mean, I said I called the word. I said the words like failed attempts. I, did, I didn't skirt around it. Is what I'm trying to say. I didn't like make it seem like some grand gesture or a you know. Uh, I, I just said, said like, hey, it sucks. You know, I made it. And it was a mistake or it was a thing, and onward moving on to the next one. I feel like that authenticity is what I want to listen. I want to look for. I want to follow from other people, not like these, uh, yet another Wikipedia thread, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, you're you're
1: you're very far. In this in the research of a too. so uh, I'm more curious to follow you,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, but that's the I mean, that's the path and and I, the irony as of now though, is that those things don't go viral or those things don't get a lot of uh, views and likes. but I feel like over time that will change over time, like when AI will detect other AI content, <laughs> like I think it'll automatically you know deprioritize some of the you know um, AI stuff. And this will, like, stay up as rich, like, real rich content. But even if it doesn't, I think the real people who matter, mm-hmm. I think they they get it, you know? So, so I've been thinking a lot about this AI and authenticity these days, Alex. Like, in the world of AI, when anybody, like you said, like my mom, my grandma, <laughs> anyone can create hundreds of threads or tweets or anything, yeah. apps, how do you stand out, you know? Uh, you like you don't have an answer yeah. um, because GPT can be authentic too. <laughs> you.
1: <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you're gonna train GPT
0: uh-huh. on my Gmail to make it seem like uh Just post a screenshot every two days from KP's yes, <laughs> send box. why
1: not? Why not? <laughs> so I don't uh, have an answer. I'm am feeling quite desperate dispar- desperate right now. Actually, yeah. uh, it blocks me for creating from creating content.
0: We were all we've all been um, stumped by how quickly it got here, right? Like we all thought like mm, 2030, 20, 2040. 20, that's true. I think, but if you just see 3.5 and I think four is coming or four is already here, GPT-4, I think it's here. Four is here. Mm-hmm, so here. I, I can't imagine five and six are gonna be even more wild.
1: If you want a conversation about gpt and the AI, you should ask John because he knows yeah. like a lot about it.
0: Yeah, I'd love to, I think after this, I would love to send you a follow-up and I would love an intro to John. Um, he seems like the kind of guy that I think I would resonate with because, you know, I'm like the same type as you in a way. So I would love to learn more. So looking ahead, what is fascinating and curious for you or what is like, what is piquing your interest, you know, for you, um, in the next two, three years, where do you think, uh, you want to take Unicorn platform to, and personally, as a founder, where do you want to go to?
1: We are betting on AI at this moment <laughs> and We actually implemented it and it works much better than anyone did that, even better than Webflow did. Wow. Um, That was um, not because our programmers are so special and genius. Um, Actually, we have only one programmer and he's a self-taught like middle front-end developer. He's talented, but because John uh, guided him so well. Because one knows how to interact with GPT, how to ask proper questions, how Mm. to fix that. We actually did something that works. And we want to allow people to build cool websites with AI, with just prompts, just throwing all your mind in the chat box and get the result. We don't want to stop on websites only. We want to go farther. We want to make it uh, emails for you, tweets for you. Like if you have, I don't know, if you want to sell uh, flowers, you Mm. have to do a lot of routine manual work. Like you have to fill in all the flowers in your shop then create uh, content for social media for every shop, for every flower. Right. We can automate that for you with GPT. It's easy to do. We want to do that. We want to take all the routine away from humans. Only Mm. the creativity. Focus on the innovation. We believe that humans have... Everybody, every person in the world, we have creativity, we have passion to build new stuff, to innovate something in any way. But we need to give them space to think, to dream. Yeah. I mean we will do it by removing the routine part from them and giving them that space, that's time to think. Yeah. That's our main goal. AI would yeah. help that with that.
0: Right. So so have you listened to um, Naval Ravikant's podcast appearance um, on Joe Rogan's show?
1: Um, no, not yet, but I plan to.
0: I think you should because so much of what you just described, you'll resonate a lot with what you know he's been talking about too. Uh, it blew my mind when I first heard about it. He was saying something, mm-hmm. this is like maybe a year ago, not related to GPT, but he was talking about AI in general. And one of the sort of core concepts he talks about is that in the future, humans will not do any work. They will only have fun and fun is equals to um, creative things, you know, uh, imagination, that kind of thing. And all the work will be done by AI, you know, or uh, robots and technology. And I was like, wow, that's such a crazy thing to think about. And so he goes, and then he says, uh, the premium, humanity will put a premium price on art, creativity, humor, um, innovation, like new ideas and anything that is mechanical or anything that can be done by AI would be very cheap, right? Which is true. Which you think about it now, right? Yeah. Um, I thought that was very interesting, you know. And he he said like, it's it, in the next fifty years. Like, if we really wanted as a humanity, as a society, this is possible. So easy. We don't have to ever work again. <laughs> and I think Joe Rogan was like, I I think he thought he was crazy, like some uh, selling the promised land, you know but
1: so obvious to me I, I really believe that i don't think right exactly <laughs> <laughs> is, is,
0: is. exactly but it seems like a uh you know i don't know if you watch the pixar movie uh i forgot it's like, i think it's called Dali. is it um one of the movies where humans just sit there um and they get obese and then they're just like watching tv and playing video games ah, and they're like yes, yes um, I did, of course yeah i think it's like a sci-fi futuristic movie i think it's Dali. but it's that's boring. what they do they just like Chill, they just hang out, you know.
1: Um, it's okay, I'm okay if some people will just spend their lives watching Netflix forever, yeah. <laughs> without doing anything. I think it's okay, so some people do that, um, uh, but some will create, some will spend yeah. their time on invention, invention, yeah.
0: And so, I think the fundamental premise, though, which I agree with, um, Alex, is what you were saying, and which I, I fully believe it, which is mm-hmm. everybody has creativity in them. You know, it's it's about unlocking it, unle- unleashing it. It's there. They just need the space, you know. They just need the peace of mind and um, this curiosity to explore. Which is usually it can't happen if you are in the survival mode, trying to make the next ten dollars to live, you know, pay the rent, that kind of thing. So, what are your thoughts on universal basic income? I'm curious now that we are here. UBI. Do you believe in uh, like a society having some version of UBI?
1: No, I don't <laughs> <laughs> After the war began and I don't believe in society and humanity anymore. I don't think we can achieve something like that because there will be evil people who, who will be greed and want Greedy? to take everything. Yeah. I don't believe in this. My, my, my world beliefs, uh, they changed so much and I don't know what to believe now.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah, um,
1: but so uh, I, it's hard for me to discuss because I don't know uh, what to believe. Uh, yeah, all, all I believed uh, before the war started. Uh,
0: now I don't. And, I bet. I bet. I mean, yeah, it must have been like a significant change in, in in you. Okay, so I think those are all the questions I had for you. Anything else you wanna leave us on, like uh, any tip or any advice or any question you personally have for I for the audience? One or, advice uh, you remember. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I feel like that might be the clip that I'm going to get from this episode. I'm going to put that on, on <laughs> social media. Uh, but, you know, so it was great having you, Alex. Such a pleasure. Enjoyed our chat. And I would love to connect with John, you know, later. And I wish you all the best for Unicorn. And you really piqued my interest about the new AI features you added. So I'm going to go play with it for a little while and uh, check it out. Okay?
1: Yeah, sure. We all give you access.
0: Awesome. That will be awesome. All right. Thank you so much. And have a great rest of the day.
1: Thank you. You too. Bye.